and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. Kevin McKay pulling in for Burnsy down here at baseball spring training. T-backs and the Cubs going on right now. We are joined by their gold glove first baseman. I love saying that. Christian Walker of the Arizona Diamondbacks joins us on the program. Christian, how are you? I'm good. Good. Thanks for you having know, me. I, I, let's talk about the defensive side of the baseball because I grew up with Don Mattingly playing first base, <laughs> Keith Hernandez playing first base for the Mets and the Yankees, always having those great defensive first basemen. What was it like to put together that season defensively for you and win that gold glove? Um, something I'm really, really proud of. Um, I actually got a chance to meet both of those guys uh, at the gold, really? glove, the gold glove ceremony, the ceremony this offseason they were both sitting at my table um, so I got, got to talk to Keith did, and, did, and did you ever see him play first base Hernandez uh, just highlights I, not nothing in person I've it never a, it was incredible yeah I've heard I mean, I mean double digit gold gloves he was the, he was the best I've ever seen and yeah. how, okay now how cool is that though because a lot of young players they don't know they, they've watched the YouTube highlights but how cool is that when you sit down with guys and they're still, and they're still talking old, it's still baseball yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating to me that no matter the age gap or you know the, the, the time difference of when they played versus now it's you know it's a baseball guy feels like a baseball guy it's, yeah. it's, there's always a connection there um, you know they're, they're great teammates I don't think you can play that long in the big leagues without being a good guy so I think there's something to that but um, yeah just just an honor to be around those guys and, and try to pick something up we're talking to Christian Walker gold glove first base for the Diamondbacks Kevin McCabe and John Gambadoro hey Ty Detmer is coaching football here in town I get a chance to talk to him he won the Heisman now this is an award where does this one go where do you put the gold glove I mean you got all uh, the, the when I walk in the house, is it right there on the right? Put that on the front lawn. Where? Because this one's. Where does this one go? Yeah, I'd love to make it a uh, lawn ornament. But I don't think. I don't think my wife would appreciate the neighborhood. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, we uh, actually built built a little bit of a, That's what of a little a trophy case and um, you know a shelf somewhere to display yes, it. Yes, yes. Had a few things over the years that I'm proud of, but this uh, this is this trumps them all. That's for sure. what I'm talking about. Because that's I mean these are the unique ones. I mean you get you have the wall, you got the jerseys and all, but this is one where I thought maybe when I just come, when I'm when Gamble and I are coming to the house, we want to see what we walk in the door. I, oh, yeah. I, I remember when, uh, and I'm glad that you like you got to meet Mattingly and Hernandez. I remember talking to Robbie Ray a few years ago, like you know you kind of run. Remind me of Louisiana Lightning, Ron Gidry. You who? It's like, no, who is that? No, like, I don't, no. You didn't know who Ron Gidry was. Like, you didn't know who Ron Gidry was? I remember talking with Mark Reynolds years ago about Brooks Robins, Robinson. No, it was like, we're like to not be guys. familiar with some of the guys. Brooks Robinson was the greatest defensive player that's ever played this game, right. you know, at third base. So it's like to, to, to get that history, you know, because now you're going back to the, you know, the, the, the 80s, the, you know, the heyday for those guys was in the 80s, a great time in baseball. And so to see those, uh, to meet those guys must have been fantastic. Let's talk about, I want to talk about the, the thing most important to me and the, the shift that you're not going to have it anymore. Left-handed hitters, and you're not a left-handed hitter, but left-handed hitters have taken a beating with this shift. Just an absolute beating. And you guys are a predominantly left-handed hitting team. How much do you think the elimination of the shift is going to help this team? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be great. I, I think um, you know, especially for lefties, like you said, I think it's what's it going to do is going to force a, a defense or an analytics team to pick which hole they're going to cover. You're not going to be able to you know shift guys all over the place and cover every hole you're gonna you're gonna have to pick and and i think if you know you, you, you pick one side it leaves the other side open so i'm curious to see what teams are going to do specifically but um i know from the right side i feel like the shortstop is gonna have to pick shade the middle or play the six hole and you know whichever they pick it leaves one of the holes open for me so um i think i think the league's gonna have some sort of response or you know not a loophole but they'll figure out a way to make the most of it so it's just a just a matter of time to find out this team really lacked the right-handed 
hitters. Do you think with the addition of Goriel and the addition of Longoria and Moreno that you guys will be a little bit more balanced this year than you were last year? It was tough on you, you know, being one of the few right-handed guys and one of the only power guys on the team. Do you think those additions really helps change things? Yeah, for sure. It, it seems like that was an intentional thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we made made some moves that, that we really, really like, picked up on some really good players, uh, you know, some veterans, some guys I've, I've heard around the league, uh, you know, how good teammates they are and what kind of clubhouse guys they are. So really looking forward to seeing how the makeup of this team plans out. Talking to Christian Walker, Diamondbacks first baseman here, to, uh, taking on the Cubs at Salt River Fields. What's been the mindset like early on here in spring? Because you have a bunch of new faces. You're coming together. I know a lot of the guys here are two, here two months early, so you know these guys. But how much is it coming together? in that clubhouse and building that camaraderie that that leads to success yeah it's, it's huge um, you know there's a lot of people in spring training so so you're always you're meeting a lot of people you're trying to get to know a lot of people <laughs> the schedules are funny like I feel like I haven't seen any of the pitchers That's yet what at I'm all saying, yeah, it's crazy yeah, yeah I spend a lot of time around the infielders these days um, but but I mean I, I love I love the time at the field the group of guys the energy feels different um, you know not that there was like bad energy before or anything like that no no but, no, no but, but it's Faces, but how much time yeah. does it take? You said there's so many bodies and faces, and there's split squads. Um, when does it? I mean, two weeks where it kind of trims down, and then you kind of focus in, dial in. Okay, these guys are here. They're gonna. I mean, you know, you know who most of the guys are gonna be here. But there's a few guys where you go, okay, I gotta embrace this guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, yeah, the core is the core. You, yeah, you can kind of feel that out for sure. Um, you know, but also like being there for the younger guys who are like just getting a taste. You want to you want to teach them because at some point they're gonna come up and you want them to help the team, and you know you want them to be successful for themselves and you know it helps everybody if those guys come in and fit in so you know you, you try to um, you know you try to put your arm around them early and and you know teach them the right things and, and be a good person to them and you know hopefully they respect you you respect them and um, you know it's only it's only good things from there absolutely I, I, I love the speed on this baseball team we got a chance to see it last year it was pretty incredible the the, the speed the, the bunch of guys that you get at, you have that can steal bases Corbin Carroll and you know uh, McCarthy is so fast that's an element that this game has really been lacking for a long time. It hasn't been a lot of teams that have taken advantage of the stolen base. Like when we were growing up, remember the Cardinals with Coleman and McGee? And I was Ozzie. thinking Lou Brock. I'm sorry. Brock. I'm really old. You go really back further. Yeah. Ricky Henderson. <laughs> go ahead and roll your eyes at us right the now. The stolen base. Just even, and it's not just the stolen base. The ability to go from first to third. The ability to yeah. you know to get from first to third on a base hit to right field and make it easy. You know, the pressure that you guys can put on pitching staffs with the speed that you guys have. It was an element that Torrey took advantage of last year. I expect you guys are going to take advantage of it again this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but I mean, I'm on that list for sure, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you for, what, five stolen bases this year? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's exciting. I mean, like, being being in the part of the lineup where I'm trying to drive in runs, I'm excited about having the traffic on the bases and, you know, playing the field. I'm familiar with what speed does to a defense and to a pitching staff and, you know, to a catcher where he's trying to call a game and handle his pitcher, but also, you know, trying to control the run game and make sure people are in position and keep guys at a scoring position. So I, I think it only, it only adds more more to the team, you know, to the to the dynamic of how you can win. It gives you more options, um, yeah. you know, and, and to be honest, like, you know, maybe there's an angle where as a non-base stealer, the attention's on them, and, you know, maybe it gives me sure. a little bit more they opportunity one, to maybe yeah, sneak, couple times, sneak one here and there. Yeah. Sometimes base dealer. Well, they can only throw, how many times can they throw over now? Uh, twice per batter. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I That's mean, that, that yeah. and Crazy. also these pitchers on the clock. Now these guys, if they've got speed on the bases, they've got to watch that as but well. I'm thinking, I'm thinking hit and run a lot more this year. Like, and then if you got to cover, if you got to hold 
the guy on a first base, that opens a big hole for you to just punch it to the right side. But, you know, I mean, you put some hit and runs. You get a, you could score a guy from first on a single on a hit and run with some of the speed you've got in front of you. Yeah, for sure. That's And that's the thing, right? Like, guys get on first base, they're in scoring position, depending wow. on the guy. Yeah, and wow. that's, Anything you know, that's, in the gap, they're in. Yeah. Anything in the gap, yeah, they're we in. We get a guy on first, somebody splits a gap, you know, it's a run. So, that's, I mean, that's that's going to be, you know, hopefully our game. We got, I mean, I, I don't, I think I think we got the power, too. It's it's just a matter of who turns it on and can we all fire at the same time or, you know, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be an exciting year. That was a problem last year, right, Power? You guys did not hit a lot of home runs. So you had the great season. But. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, and that's that's a funny thing, right, because you don't want to you don't want to tell guys to go out and hit homers, but, you know, a three-run homer occasionally helps the team a lot. That's that's a big momentum swing. So it's a funny thing of you want the homers and you want the slug, but also how you get that is is an interesting kind of you know conversation. It's you go up there and tell guys you expect them to hit a homer. Homers tend to not show up. So it's a it's a fine line of getting the best out of your player and wanting them to be you know solid baseball players, but also understanding what the team needs. We saw Loyola make a great play in in short uh, left field yesterday, going over his head, make that catch. You had Perdomo who was really good defensively but struggled offensively last year, and then you got Nick Ahmed coming back. How do you see the shortstop position playing out? Yeah. It's, it's uh you know it's it's hard to tell it seems like Nick's Nick's our guy um you know you never know it's a long season um we got a lot of a lot of talent in these young guys. Um, I think even if you don't see any, you know, see somebody at shortstop, I think there's there's opportunity for them to you know earn away on the team somehow, some way. Um, you know, it's a uh, it's a funny thing, right? Because for somebody to get an opportunity, that means you know somebody else, somebody else doesn't you know let yeah. that kind of presented that opportunity. So you know whether you know whether it's an accident or you know you know however those circumstances show up, that you know that's that's why you, you want to care about the young guys and and try to teach. Them, you know everything you know, and um, help them see the game a little bit differently. So when when their opportunity comes, they're in a position to be successful. This is ro- the roster stocked with young guys with talent, though. I, I want to ask you about Spencer Rattler in South Carolina. I want to ask you about him as quarterback. But more importantly, he asked about the shift. Gamble asked about the shift. Christian Walker, defensively though, how does that change your mindset as well? Because yeah, you, you know the other, they're 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 not switching against you, but also you don't get you don't get the switch as well. Right. Um, being a corner guy, I'm less effective by the shift um I think with righties up is when I'm most out of position. I really try to clog up that four hole. But with a second baseman not being able to go, right, last year we would have three guys on one side of the infield, and I would be the only guy on the right side. So I'd really have to stretch that you're, four you're hole as far tender. as I can. You're yeah. a goaltender. Right, it's go get everything. <laughs> um, so so maybe with the second baseman being on, on my side again, uh, maybe I, I won't have to get aggressive, as aggressive in the four hole, and maybe I can cover a little bit more down the line, but um, you know, to be honest, I, I feel like it's it's uh, it's it's not going to be a big adjustment for me on the corner. I, I would think it would have been easier just to play closer to the bag to not give up the double yeah. down the line than it is to just because you know then to go over too far and then you give up a punch shot right there and it's I mean it could be two bases instead. Yeah, of Yeah, yeah, you're right, single. you're right. But it's like it's we're we're playing like the big numbers, right? So it's it's not a matter of like which one's easier. It's it's which one's more likely to show up. Like the double down the line. They, I feel like it hurt you if, more if you're, yeah. But if it happens less, right? Like if you if you're play the odds. if you're defending yeah. the double down the line, and then you let a twenty six hopper go through where you would have been playing anyway. You know, I don't know. It's it's classic risk reward. I think that's that's a conversation that's around all the shifts. You know, it's like which which 
are you trying to stop? Which which is is more valuable? Which could hurt us more? Are we gonna are we gonna guard the line? Are we gonna put yeah. them in the four hole? No, so. an- analytics has really changed. I was gonna say really more scouting. Then you yeah. know what a guy's gonna do. You know, or you have an idea, or have a, you have a plan with those kind of guys. So For sure, that's but, gonna play into. But, leave me with this: the power arms that you guys have in the bullpen. It was a problem for you guys last year. You need guys that get swinging. You know, you got need guys that can miss bats. For sure. You guys have some power arms right now. Whether it works out or not, it's just that's the biggest area of upgrade that you guys need. It's early, but do you feel pretty good about the power arms that you've added? Yeah, I love what I've been seeing. Um, a lot of 95s and up, uh, a couple hundreds here and there. Um, I think Martinez. I saw a couple 102s during live VPs. Um, you know that that's exciting. Late in the game, catching up. It doesn't happen, does it? No, it's 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 just really exciting. Um, I know as a hitter, I know what kind of pressure that puts on an offense to have a guy who, you know, obviously throwing strikes is important, but just to be able to light up the scoreboard and you know you have to respect 100 miles an hour, no matter no matter if the guy's all over the zone or not. You have to be prepared for 100, and um, you know that that changes the secondary stuff. It changes it changes everything about about how you attack a guy. All right, as uh, just having a guy that loves Chihuahuas on the show was really what it was well, all and about. And he's a Gamecock, game. so I thought just, maybe Spencer Rattler loved. Do we love? Yeah. That's my guy. You watched him grow up here. Is he going to do the deal there? Because he's gonna take care of business, get you guys to a big bowl game. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of a lot of confidence behind that guy. That's I like watching him play. That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. my guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> keeps his composure well. Christian, appreciate the talk. Good luck this season. Enjoyed having you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. Thanks, right. Christian. We got a lot of Suns talk coming up next. The Andre Ayton and Lopez, and we'll have that battle from the Milwaukee game yesterday. We'll talk about that next right here on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. What happens when you have the wrong headphones on? I had uh, Christian Walker's headphones on. See that three-run jack to win the game? Is that three-run three shot? Uh, Emmanuel uh, Christian Rivera. Walker called it. He said he's up there to should let him do the play-by-play for oh, it. Jack to win the game. And I know this place will clear out, and there'll be uh, in about 15 minutes, there'll be nobody here but me and you. Maybe 20, but 15 and 20 minutes will be nobody here but us. All right, uh, we got we got a lot still to come on the program. Really enjoyed that talk with Elliot Friedman, breaking down the whole trade deadline. That wow. was outstanding. And good talk with Christian Walker, the Gold Glove winner. Talk a little baseball with him. I think we're going to have Joe Mantiply on the show as well, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. So that's all still to come right here on Arizona Sports. Now, the, the thing that I noticed about yesterday, that, that game between Milwaukee and the Suns, that outstanding basketball game, you know, in a way, Kevin Durant and Giannis kind of might be a wash. Would you agree? Well, I, I don't is know. It close? You you threw that out this morning in the pre-production meetings. Well, you yeah. you were on the Peloton, and I was I was just sitting and watching. Um, and I want to I'd, li- I'd like to know more about that because I don't know if that's a wash. I I, I you think there might be an advantage, Milwaukee. Yes. But I, okay. Because okay. he is defensively, and he's just a big presence in the middle. Now, Kevin Durant, one of the three best players in the NBA right now, but he's an offensive skilled guy. He's not. That's not. That's not. You yeah. wonder if they offset each other. They played that game without each other. So okay. I'm watching this right. game. You yeah. got Book, you got Paul, you got Middleton, you got Drew. And you kind of feel like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this game from several different angles in case they meet in the NBA Finals. And one of the things I thought about was, you know, what's the difference with KD versus Giannis? Is it close? Maybe it's a slight edge Giannis. Okay, yeah. Right. I mean, maybe. I mean, you know, Kevin Durant still plays the game at a high level, but I, I think it's close. Book Paul versus Drew Middleton. Middleton's missed a lot of games this year. I think he's only played in like 18 games. But still, Drew Holiday was the best player out of the four of them yesterday. Yeah. Drew was the best player. Book struggled really early in the game. Came he's back in the second half. One for seven at one point. I yeah. was terrible. At one point, he was two for 11. Yeah. Two for 11 at one point. 
I wonder if the, a series could come down to the difference between Brooke Lopez and DeAndre Ayton. You know, I, you mentioned that this morning, and I, and I like it. I like the thought process behind it because you start looking matchups and, and who's going to eliminate who. But I look at this, Gambo, when I look at these two teams, and if, in fact, they do meet for the finals, I look at players accepting what their role is. We still don't know what Kevin Durant's going to be. And I think the biggest difference in this whole thing is going to be Devin Booker. I really do. And I look you look at the championship teams in the past, the Bulls, everybody knew what their role was. Everybody did. Now, now, what is everybody's role on this team? Late in the game, is it is it Kevin Durant's ball? Does Book need to take over? And great players want to take over late in games. That's just their nature. Book wanted the ball last night. He wanted the ball late in the game. That's what great players do. Is Chris Paul the facilitator? Is he the accelerator? He's he's old enough in the tooth. He knows that he's got to be the facilitator passing. So you have he, that. And he didn't. Have, he didn't have a great game no. yesterday. No, uh, at all. I mean, he did. I not think have Aiden the just has to get number. you fourteen and ten. Fourteen and ten, and I'm fine with that. So yesterday he gave you twenty two and eleven. Right. He was eleven to twenty one from the field. He had three block shots. But Lopez twenty two and thirteen. So Da was twenty two and eleven. Lopez was twenty two and thirteen. Lopez had four four blocks. Da had three blocks. So I kind of I was just looking at that match like they were both very active. Like Lopez had two big shots in the fourth quarter. One was on Devin Booker. Like, he came up with two big plays and then the big basket on the pass from Middleton. Like, you know, it might, like, to me, I was kind of thinking, I wonder if how those guys play could sway the series one way or another if, big if, if they ended up playing each other in the NBA Finals, if that was a preview of the NBA Finals. And what role, though, is Kevin Durant now play in this whole series? Because who is the fifth starter with the Suns team? Is it a three-point special? Is it a Kogi? Is he going to be sitting in the corner? It might depend on the matchup. So you got you look at the Great Lakers teams, what they had. You look at the Great Bulls teams. You look at even like Golden State. Everybody knew what their role was. The Suns in 92, Dan Marley was your three-point shooter. Kevin Johnson was your distributor. He's going to get he's going to get you some points as well. Mark West was a big man just going to play defense and rebound and Charles going to be Charles. Is Kevin Durant Charles is 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 Book, what is Book? And I I I'm going to take a shot at Book here. I thought in the NBA Finals 2 years ago, they were playing great. They should have won the NBA championship. But I thought Book in Game 5, I thought he became selfish. And great players do at times when they feel like they have to. And they got away from giving the extra pass. And this team is so successful when they make the extra pass. But what's going to happen now when you have all these players who want the ball late in the game? Kevin Durant's going to want it. He's going to need it. Book wants it. He's going to need it. DeAndre Ayton, Ayton's got to be, you know, he's got to play the big man. And he's also got to play Giannis. I don't, Brooke Lopez, he's, boy, he's done it all his entire career. Done a great job of coming in and doing big just what he did them yesterday. Jay Crowder, I thought the same thing too. I thought he crushed the Suns back in those playoffs because he'd come out and shoot those threes, and if he hit a couple of them, he was big. But then shooting. he became yes, he became selfish. You can't be selfish, and when you've got four stars. You've got four stars. And and it's not being selfish, Gamble. It's not. It's being a star in the league and saying, I need the ball. I need the ball in crunch time. Sean Marion, I shouldn't release names like this, but Sean Marion, Suns won a big game in the playoffs years ago, and he was pouting in the locker room. I said, why? Well, you won the game. You beat the league. He said, I didn't get my touches. Oh, I, know. I didn't get my touches. And, it's, and it, if it, it still exists. So we got to wait and see what transpires with this team in these 20 games. How they? I, I reached out to Charles today, Charles Barkley. 
Got nothing back from him. So <laughs> oh. But I wanted to see how, you know, because when he came here, how long did it take for them to mold and find out where each guy is going to be and what their role is as they head down the stretch? But to your point, this is it's so far away that, you know, that's 28. Yeah, it was just you watch a game like that and you can't help but think about yeah. what, you know, what is the what what is the possibility that we could see this again and what would it what would it look like with Durant and and Giannis in the game? It was fun. It was fun. It made it fun. It was right. great fun. The D-backs rotation. They've got three young guys <laughs> battling for one spot and game times down across the board. We'll talk about whether that's good or bad for the sport. That's next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. Kevin McCabe filling in for Bernsey. We're going to take you up till 6 o'clock tonight. Had a good conversation with Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet, uh, NHL Insider, talking about the Coyotes trade deadline. We also had a really good conversation with Christian Walker. We'll talk to Joe Mantiply later. And maybe Des Cambridge. Yeah. yeah. Just got a message. So I'm working on getting Des Cambridge on the show. Hit the big shot as ASU beat U of A. Because everybody says I don't give ASU any love because I always prop up U of A. Well, what if I put Des Cambridge on the show? That I'll just shut up all those ta- hey, ASU you- fans who say I don't give any ASU. Issue any credit, but you know you'll ask these guys. You say, yeah, you know, have you ever you ever done that before? And he's going to say, I did it every day to end the end the practice, or yeah. every day to, last shot, last shot. I just step over and throw it in. So, well, just the importance of that win for ASU. Yes. Yes. All right, let's talk a little D backs baseball. You know, they've obviously, and I'm going to start with this. They've obviously sped up the game quite a bit. They're trying to speed up the game with the you know the pitch count now. I know Machado was the first guy that kind of got in trouble for not being ready to hit the ball, and they've knocked a pretty decent amount of time off of these games. I was looking at some numbers earlier. I think it was about like 30 minutes a game. So if their goal, if that's their goal, if their goal is to really limit the uh, the time in these games, and look, I'm not a fan of it, okay, but I'm, I don't want to be the you know, get off my lawn old yes, guy. Yes, yes, The younger people <laughs> with less intention span, they don't, they don't, you know, I went to a baseball game, you sit when it starts and then when it ends, it's over and then you go home and whether it's two hours or two, two thirty or three or three fifteen, I never understood what it mattered. I didn't understand what, why you know, why does that matter? And I guess, but more and more people don't, you know, they're used to the NBA and they're used to NHL and they're used to football and everything's got a clock and you you can pretty much tell what time you're going to get there and what time you're going to leave like clockwork. You know, I can see it. I mean, I can see the point that you, you, you want to go and know that it's a two and a half hour game, maybe three hour game. But uh, when these things start stretching past three hours and people have got kids and they got families and it's a weeknight, I, I get that. You have, you, you know, you had you have five kids. You've seen this. Huh. You've, You've experienced yeah. both levels of it. You, okay, we're going to go for the first six innings. They're going to get all the treats, and we're out of there in the sixth inning. So if they're trying to make it more appealing to the younger younger player, it's got to be on YouTube or TikTok. That's what it's got to be. I was Shorting saying that. My a, kid, my, I don't understand how TV shows are going to survive. I don't either. I don't my either. kids only watch YouTube. So my kids, my my younger ones, and they only TikTok, watch YouTube. They sit there for hours watching the TikTok. Thing. I don't know. I, like, what's going to happen with like regular TV shows on the, on the networks where these kids grow up? Because they don't watch the shows. They're all on this, the Netflix. When we were kids, we watched Gilligan's Island. Yes, we watched the Partridge Family. Song happy, <laughs> happy Days, Laverne and Shirley. Like, we, you know, we watched all of the sick. We watched them all. And, and as kids, we watched 
watched them. It's all Nash. Netflix. It's now Hulu. It's watching streaming. It's watching series. It's it's, it's YouTube videos. Watching and it's YouTube videos for the young kids. They really and so you know Major League Baseball has done their studies to find out what they can do to appeal to younger kids. And I'm not sure that speeding up a game with a clock is going to do that. But I I respect them for wanting to find to try, ways to, to make it. You know they play the music for the kids. Uh, I just a matter of 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 it, it, it's the world we live in right now. They want it now. They want it quick, and they want it yesterday. The average game is down 22 minutes right now from 3.01 to this is spring. Now, I have spring a question for you, too. To 2.39. I have a question. If it's down that 20 minutes, is yeah. that less commercial time as well? Is that, They're not game, counting that factoring that in. That's not factored and, in. But I wonder that. Is there money? I always follow the money on any of these things. If yeah. it's shorter, is there less commercial time? If their game's going longer, will they take a break? So I, I wonder if that factors well, into it at that's all. An it's a, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. The Major League Baseball, the rights fees, because you're, you were a Valley yeah. Sports Arizona guy. So let's get into this for a second because I think you'll enjoy this conversation. The M- the MLB TV rights are about three times more than the NBA rights. Right. So you take a team. Let's just take the local teams. The D-backs make on their television broadcast about three times what the Suns make. Now, you take all the the markets that ballot. It's the same thing. The MLB team gets about three times more in rights fees for their broadcast than an NBA team does. And people say, well, how could that be? 160 games. So there's more games. Yep. There's also a larger window. A baseball window is considered four hours. A basketball window is considered three hours. Yep. So the baseball window is a four-hour window. If they shorten that window, can they still get all the commercials well, in? And if I, they shorten I, the window, like is like is that a factor? Like they have so many opportunities to go to commercial break. The other thing is baseball's in the summer. There's no competition. You don't have any network television right. that's on except for reruns. Where the NBA is on during, you know, you can watch whatever your Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, Chicago PD, uh, uh, SWAT, whatever TV shows people watch, The Rookie. The Idol, American Idol. Whatever the shows yeah, are, you yeah. like that's competition. For sports, yes. baseball has no competition I in agree. the summer. So baseball, more games to broadcast, one. Two, a longer window, four hours compared to three. And in three, summertime, going up against reruns to where they're, they're the number one rated sport. People want to advertise because nobody else is watching anything else. So that's why the rights fees are so much higher for baseball than they are for basketball. Well, and I just Local. Wor- yeah, and I just worry, though, right now that Valley Sports has uh, fallen under hard times, and they're not going to be able to make their payment. They're going to go uh, into file into bankruptcy. Very likely, mil- yep. forty million dollar payment. I'm wondering if this is that's it- not even the rights fees. Uh, well, that, that's not even the rights fees. That's a portion of it each month. And you're talking about your rights fees come from your cable networks, your cable. So your cable bills, just say your cable bills a hundred dollars. Thirty dollars goes to ESPN. Twenty dollars goes to Fox Sports. Twenty five cents to the History Channels. That's where that cable bill goes to. And then there's some operating costs that go in there as well. So that's their money's go- and cable is way down. They've cut the cord, so there's no cable money. They're not on direct TV. They've had to move to Hulu. So that's where your money is coming from, your TV rights fees locally here. If you're not getting those kind of monies from those Hulus... They're down $30 million, $30 million cut from $100 million to $70 My million. question to you, is this a bigger bigger problem where are they? have they cracked, no. have they cracked the egg of the Golden Goose? Because no. I thought Bally Sports, it was underwritten by Bally's, which is a casino, that now is Diamond Sports. I thought that would never go under because so, gambling would keep it going. So the $30 million people out of left cable TV. Yeah. Okay, it's not like you know. A lot of them are still sports fans. They just try to look for a different way to, to do it. They'll they'll buy the MLB package that I have on my my thing. Me and Brinsley split it, and then you could watch it that way instead of having to pay for the cable. So there are 
So the baseball fans that have left cable, they're still baseball fans. I like that all 30 million that left never watched the baseball game. No, but so, so many of them leave and they say, I had it part of my cable package. I don't, uh, you know. But there's other ways to watch it. But they, and one of the biggest things that baseball hasn't got into yet is streaming. Right. They haven't got into it yet. So once baseball, that'll be another avenue of revenue that they haven't even really gone into that will change. So that will that that will change. Look, there's three things that could happen. Is one they could just they could go bankrupt and still operate and that'll be okay. Two is they could go bankrupt and they could tell everybody we're not going to because that costs fifty thousand dollars to broadcast the game. But what happens when they start missing payments to teams? What happens when they're they, going to get sued? And and and, and what happens? So what? It's stuck. Now right. these teams don't have that money to make their payroll. What happens then? Will they sign these players based on those exorbitant right fees? That's I mean every every team. It'll be short term losses for the teams. Well, the teams will suffer short term losses. The, the teams that have ownership that have billions of dollars uh-huh. are one thing, but some of these owners don't have that kind of money where they can endure no, this for a long time. No, Major League Baseball is not is not gonna the Major League Baseball will eventually take over the games. The question is, do they negotiate something now? There's also a hybrid version. This is what I was told. There's a hybrid version in which Valley Sports Arizona could say, Okay, we have fourteen baseball properties. Okay, uh, we can, ten of them are killing us. We could we could take we could take four. And you know, Major League Baseball takes ten or five and nine. Right. Where it's a hybrid where Major League Baseball will overtake the broadcast of certain teams, but Valley Sports, uh, you know, Valley Sports, which is what Sinclair, yes, they'll they'll operate with a bunch of other teams. So that's so the so the worst thing that could happen is Valley Sports goes bankrupt. They say not only are we bankrupt, we're not even going to continue to operate. We're not going to broadcast these games. And now Major League Baseball sues them, and it takes thirty days to try to get the courts to work on this to give Major League Baseball the right to take but, this over. But Valley Sports has these contracts with Sanderson Ford with. Taco Bell with with uh, the, the air conditioning companies. What does Major League Baseball do with those contracts? Do they honor those and run those commercials and bill those people? Where does this money come for the commercial time that's going to run in those Major League Baseball? Or is Major League Baseball the commercials that they've sold, that they're profiting on, are they going to regurgitate that? That's what they're negotiating yeah. now. I mean, they're, they're negotiating right now if they take over, if Bally's decides they can't do the games, and MLB has to take it over. And they, now they would. They, they, everybody keeps saying, well, they only have to be an MLB network. They would have other channels. There's a, there's about three other channels that they're looking oh, at. Channel 3 is, is to be is, able to put games on. Is lobbying itself with right. its, its extra And every channel. every market has that. I so just wonder could, this has a kill. Is it going to... Live sports are still what drives sports. It, watching it on television live. Nobody wants to tape a game other than you guys because you want to watch it the next morning. But live sports... Are, uh, I, I, go to, I, I could watch it at night. I don't have a morning show. But still, I go to bed late. But still, that's what's still driving these sports. So, uh, streaming, live. I'm just wondering if, if the money is Finally, running out. If the money is not there to surprise to, to supply Valley Sports, and the, and the Diamondbacks are streaming on Hulu now, their games are being streamed. So, the, if the money is not there, where is it going to come from? Like you said, the ownership has that kind of money. I just I worry that this is the crack in the golden goose egg. That they don't. That ten years from now, those three hundred million dollar contracts are no longer in exist because the money is not there. It's watered down. It'll be spread out to, in different areas. Well, I, I think the, I believe the money will still be there. It will be just dispersed differently because of the streaming. But I because the guy though. that doesn't have c- c- cable anymore is a baseball fan, and you tell him, hey, for, for, for $19.99 a month, you can have every baseball game. Okay. 
I, I love baseball. So I'll I pay 20 it. bucks a month. You watched it. You watched baseball on regular TV and also it's going to cable. I'm not paying for that. Then you paid for it. Then all of a sudden it's now on cable. I'm not paying for streaming. I got a, got, got cable. I'm not paying for streaming. So now I'm just wondering if it's the finally get, and it's watered it down. People sat years ago and said ESPN. It'll never make it. Who's going to want to watch sports all day long? And then all of a sudden, oh, it's a weather channel. Who's going to who's going to want to watch tennis? People watch. There's so many different avenues that it's I still all don't water. understand how people watch the weather channel. It's all watered down. What are you, you go, if you're traveling, you're watching the way. Let me see where it okay, is. If you're traveling, I know, but there's 350 million people across the country uh, traveling. So all right, but it's all right. But I just worry, Gambo, that this might be the crack. And I, I because of what we do in sports, the future of sports. Where is it going financially? And I thought gambling and gaming, and I think Bally's thought that it's when they took this over. Money, yeah. But I don't know if that. I don't know if that's going to. Well, it could be. It could also be why they're working so hard to improve the game for people to go to the stadium. That, absolutely. So we're talking about the the baseball games being down twenty two minutes a game right now. Yeah. You know, is that you know if more people are enjoy themselves at a game and don't feel like they're stuck there for four hours, could that lead to more ticket sales? So it might be that. It might be you might get an increase at the ballpark because people they're fixing the game to make it more enjoyable for people. They're shortening the game. There's more action. It's quicker. It's not like there's a pitch and then you go get a hot dog. You come back for the next pitch. Right now it's you know now it's like you know you you know you could go to the bathroom, come back, and the only one batter is batted. The fans the fans pay your operating costs. They, the, the ticket sales will pay what runs the operating costs for the ball ball team. So all your all your TV revenue goes to your salary cap, and the t- and the tickets that you sell cover the cost of Derek Hall's salaries and all his people's salaries and all those people that work at the ballpark. So you need more people there to support what you've got as an operations. But for it to be the TV money is where the money is that drives baseball and pays those players. And if they can't pay it, if Bally's can't pay it, and the teams cannot, okay, now we're paying out of our own pocket, how long is that going to go on? I worry. I just worry. I worry, Gambo. All right. The two-round NFL mock draft is out, and it has the Cardinals trading down, down, down. We'll talk about that next. I'll tell you what it says right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Kevin McCabe filling in for Bernsey today. His kid got married over the weekend. I got to tell you a funny story. So we're sitting there, and uh, we're, at, we're at the wedding, beautiful wedding at the church, and then we go to the reception hall for Bernsey's kid. Wait, wait, the wedding. wait you, you, you got invited? I got invited, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I, I think I was the only one at the station that got invited, too. Well, I'm not. I, I, I covered, it's, it's not him getting married. It's it, his son getting his married. His son's the gunfighter. His son is the gunfighter. And you covered him, and he didn't get invited. Ye- years Man, ago, he went to Diamondback Camp, and they tell you to play defensively. You get in the gunfighter stance. So all these years, I would think he's called him the gunfighter, and then he's got the beard, the gun, the cohawks. He's a, and no, I get no invitation. No so invitation. Gunfighter married now. That's so. I got married. And yeah. he's an NEU lumberjack. I forget it. I'm a, you know. He's not a lumberjoke. Well, no, no, but Bernie Bernie is, is a lumberjack. He was an invitation. Okay, you go to Ash lumberjoke. <laughs> McCabe lumberjoke. <laughs> Bernsey lumber joke, Jordan Bird lumber joke. That's all. I've been surrounded uh, by the jokes my whole career. Right. I mean, that's what I'm known we'll for. Adopt, I'm known for we'll working ad- with the lumber jokes. We'll adopt you into the family. You know, it's kind of like the, the the sad part is like those. Everybody went to college to do what I'm doing. I never went to college. Like, well, you guys at NAU, you all you all went to college for this. I didn't go to any I college. Went to I went to college to play hockey and, and drink cold beer and meet girls. Oh, that's but, what you went. Yes, for. Yeah. but this this education got in the way of that a lot of the yeah. time. But that's why I'm doing what I do. So I'm sitting there, and so they've got this thing at the wedding. They got this thing where you could 
shit. The DJ's there. He's playing all the, you know, all the really good music and everything. So he's sitting. So he's got this little thing where you can screenshot. Or what's what's it called when you put your phone on something? And, a barcode. A barcode. A barcode. Yeah. Barcode. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I didn't. I didn't know how to do it. I really didn't know how to I, do it. So my wife had to do it for me. So she got because I don't know what to do. So I do the barcode thing and says so send your request. I go, uh, hey, the father of the 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 father of the groom's favorite song is America, Sister Ventura uh, Highway. Yes. Okay. So the guy's like, oh, I got it. I got it. I'm going to put it in the playlist. So here I am at his kid's wedding. Oh, this is And great. I get America Ventura Highway to play. Oh, yeah. and, and then I look over to Burns and he's like, of course. Like, if we're going to, of course. Uh, of course, you got them to play America at my kid's wedding. You killed it. I, so I'll ask you this thing. Yeah. I, I heard a uh, uh, judge with the Yankees. He said that's the hardest thing right now for major league players. The hardest thing for them in the offseason is figuring out what their walk-up song is going to be for the season. So you, I'm guessing... What do you go with? You go with the Copacabana. What? What? You, have you worked on a walk-up oh song? They, Major League Baseball players labor over this. I'm trying to work on a walk-out song. I know, <laughs> not a walk-up, a walk-out. Well, get, get Chelsea. Get her her playlist. Something that the kids are bumping, and uh, yeah. and you get you know you get. But she keeps you hip. She keeps you hip oh, to the young sound. She, she really does. I know. I know. Usually, I'm does. the same. I'm an old guy, but my kids, and I'll come home and I'll say it, and they go, Dad, Dad, don't, 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 don't ever say that ever again. So right. Uh, but no, uh, so I've learned. I'm learning all the phrases too. Like sus. That's so sus. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so sus. Oh, that's cap. I'm learning all the all the big I phrases know. right there. Oh, it's all right, I promised a little Cardinals talk. So let's talk about this. Right, there is a in. mock draft. There is a mock draft that's out right now. I think I'm going to tell you who it is in a second. Um, it was one of the big ones, and they have the Cardinals trading out of their spot and going down to number nine and getting like the the top cornerback on the board. Like so, it. they've got the Cardinals. Moving out and at the three spot, which is something we've talked about quite a bit. You know, yep. move, you know, moving yep. out and trying to get themselves in a position to gain some some extra picks. So that's that's what it has. It has the Cardinals, and here it is right now: two round, twenty three NFL mock draft. Four quarterbacks land in the top ten. This is Pro Football Focus. So they have, and this is interesting. So I want to go over this with you. They All have right. the Colts trading up to get Bryce Young. So they have the Colts trading up to get Bryce Young. So if one quarterback off the board. Yep. They got the Texans taking C.J. Stroud. Okay, that's two quarterbacks off the board. And then they've got the Arizona Cardinals trading with Carolina. And Carolina comes up and takes Anthony Richardson, another quarterback. So they've got Carolina jumping up to get Anthony Richardson, one of the most intriguing players in the whole draft because of his size and arm strength and everything. He's like 6'5". Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's the top three would be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. And it says that they would, you know, they would, the Bears to, um, the, the Panthers says the Panthers willing to give up more, asking the, the Bears to move from one to nine, could be a deal breaker. They go to Arizona at three and they get their quarterback. So Arizona ends up with the ninth pick where they take Illinois cornerback Devin Weatherspoon. So the Cardinals go to number nine. They take Devin Weatherspoon out of Illinois, get some extra picks there. And then they take a Keon White, Georgia Tech defensive lineman at number 34 overall. So an interesting, just a mock to look at. And you know you see the trades. I'm not laughing. I'm laughing. We oh, what do you got? We wind ourselves so much into these mocks, and I've done mm. this. You know, I've done this 43 years, Gamble, and I lived for it. I did the NFL on NFL on Fox for 10, and I lived this stuff. And I thought to myself, when was the last time three quarterbacks were picked like that? Is it like Marino in those days? I mean, when it's six in the first one. Well, the the I, the draft with O'Brien, Elway, yeah, Marino, but, uh, that know, first round, that Achilles, was a great draft. Achilles Smith. I just I, I love these things. I love because it gives us something to talk about. But it just 
so it blows my mind so much of, of and where they're getting this information. So they get about so the average is they get between like five and seven right out of the whole draft. Wow! So they get like twenty. If you got five or seven right, you you know you'd be working I, down the dial and you know or do spinning tunes. I, yeah, spinning tunes. Somewhere. I'd be I'd be one of those other guys uh, on oldie yeah. an oldie station. You'd be yeah. playing old songs. But yeah, no, I, I listen. I get it. It's fun. To, uh, but I really thought there was more. You know, uh, you can trust. That's why I trust you, Gambo. And I and I have and I uh, I don't want to pump your tires too much, but you do the work. You find out. You talk to the people. You reach out and find out, and you know when they're. Not telling you the truth, you know that you can. You've read these people so many years, and the Schefters they do too, and those people do too. They, those guys, but you see some of these mock drafts, and they just they're throwing spaghetti on the wall, and it's uh, it's I not even that, good spaghetti. I think the thing with with Schefter and 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 some of those guys, even in the NBA Shams and Woj, I think because they're national, sometimes yep. they've got to put information out there to help somebody, so that that person will come back and help them again. Absolutely, Where I've never had to do that. Nope. I've never put out false information nope. and everybody just the people that help me just help me because I've been doing it for 27 years an and they agent like me. may lean on you say hey help my guy help my guy no, no. Oh, listen I, 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 I had that a couple weeks ago at the NBA draft I had an agent you know contact me and say look the Suns really want my guy they're really trying to trade from that okay alright alright no, you know. <laughs> gave me this information I'm like okay he's trying he's really trying to get me to go with it he's really trying to get me to go with that information and but then you know I was able to you know check in with the team and find out that they had no interest in the guy no. yeah. and then put that and you do a there. great job of that, and that's why I love the mocks. They're fun, but I do like this. I do like trading down to nine. I do like going corner. I do like make, you know getting more picks and getting more substance because they, they ain't fixing this with one player. They are not fixing this team with one no. player, and I'm not even sure that one player in a number three pick overall. Is, you, you can't I, you can't miss. You can, if you have a number three player, you cannot miss. And we saw so many whiffs over the last twenty years. Yeah, there's no question. All right, we are going to continue our coverage from down here at the Salt River fields. The place is cleared out after a walk-off. I think it was a three-run homer by Emmanuel Rivera. The D-backs win that game 3-0 over the Cubs on the walk-off. We're going to talk with one of their relief pitchers, Joe Mantiply. He comes up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.